Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden and this is The Leader. The Commons bell rang just after 2.30 in the afternoon to usher a moment of silence in honour of Sir David Amos. I'm sorry the House is returning in such tragic circumstances. Speaker Sir Lindsay Hoyle led remembrances from MPs on both sides of the political divide in honour of a man whose killing has shocked the House. The circumstances of Sir David's death were despicable and the raise of the most fundamental issues about how members of this House are able to perform our vital democratic responsibilities safely and securely. Police search teams and press photographers have been outside the North London home of Ali Harby Ali. The 25-year-old is being held under the Terrorism Act over the fatal stabbing of the Conservative MP. The killing comes five years after the murder of Labour MP Joe Cox by a white supremacist. So how safe are our members of Parliament? With me is Philip Grindel, who runs Diffuse Global. He's a former Met detective inspector who was asked by Parliament to advise on security after Cox's murder. Philip, could you give us a picture of the current nature of the threat facing MPs? The threat really is relatively low in terms of the physical threat against MPs as a group and you know, based on any kind of intelligence that says they're being targeted, etc. And that's why these attacks are so high profile and so devastating is because they are so random and you know, we, you know, we, we were looking at the fourth attack of, of, it, of its nature, although we have stopped one or two others this century, so in the last 21 years, which for a very high profile group of people who are subjected to significant focus, abuse, threats, intimidation, etc. You know, one might expect that to be a higher figure and gladly it's not. How do MPs better protect themselves while still maintaining open democracy for their constituents? Certainly I think what members of parliament should be doing at the moment is reviewing their security and making sure that they have everything that they are entitled to and that they need uh, within the package of security measures that, that they get. I certainly think they need to be looking at their surgeries. We know that that is where they are most vulnerable. We know that if we look at all four attacks that have happened in, a, in the last 21 years, they have been, or three of them certainly have been in a constituency surgery meeting, and one has been outside a constituency surgery meeting. So we know that is the focal point. And it's important that that the advice and, and guidance that is given around how to run those meetings will need to be re-emphasised and uh, you know, people need to make sure they are following that guidance. How much of a real-life threat is there and how anxious should MPs be about an overlap between online abuse that could translate into real-world attacks? There's almost no connection whatsoever and that could be a surprise to many people. So during that period that of, of the most intense toxicity, Less than 15% of all the threats, abuse, intimidation that politicians received was via social media. The vast majority was still by letters, phone calls and emails. 
And the general consensus, the general rule is that those people that communicate a threat don't actually pose a threat. And in fact, if you look at the research of attacks on high profile people, not just here in terms of MPs, but generally across the Western world, in almost no cases has the person who's been attacked, uh, were they threatened by the person that, that, that assaulted them or killed them? So we can't make that correlation between somebody being threatened and abused online and then attacked. In fact, if we look at the, the, look at the attacks that we've had on MPs historically, and I'm not talking about the IRA ones going back many years, but certainly the, the three or certainly the three previous attacks in the UK, or, or uh, you know, in terms of Lord Jones when he was attacked, Stephen Timms and, of course, Joe Cox, uh, you know, none of those people were communicated to by uh, the person who attacked them in a threatening or other way. There was no direct threats. None of it was on social media. So we need to differentiate between online threats and abuse and physical threats. So is it possible to try and predict or model where this kind of threat or attack might come from in the future? You know, there's no evidence that any of the MPs previously were kind of targeted specifically because, it, for instance, Joe Cox wasn't targeted because she was Joe Cox. It was because of Brexit and her rules, her, you know, immigration and those sort of things. And um, so it was the issues that caused him to, 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 to want to kill the MP because, of course, she believed in something different. Um, but actually what people don't know is, you know, he looked at other people as well. But again, he went and chose his local MP because you get access to your local MP. It's not about the MP. It's about the issue. So they're fixated on an issue, not the MP. The MP is just um, the representation of, of, of what they, what they uh, have passionate feelings about. And that's why the attacks are so random. That's why we have to treat all MPs kind of equally in a way, because it can happen to anybody. And so we need to understand, and, and there's lots of speculation and stuff in the media where people don't understand the science behind how are public figures targeted. And so we need to understand that, and we need to then look at, based on that, how do we look to defend that position for our members of parliament? That's The Leader. We're back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.